Hey, I'm Ben Silverio. And I'm Aaron Klein. And I'm Ansel Birch, your host in post. And it's time, time to party. party. Pew, pew. We are not doctors and we don't Air give medical drops. advice. Please oh, drink oh. responsibly. Hey, why don't I hear you guys? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, he missed my air drums. Uh, that was that so both, good. I love that both of us went, uh-oh, at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> the only response Chuck we could come up with. Hey, hey. This is our special uh-oh. Goofs and Gaffs episode, full of all of the digressions that we didn't have time for otherwise. Hope you enjoy this cavalcade of madness. I How mean, old are you, Ansel? Uh, I'm 34. I'll be 35 okay. in three weeks. Yeah. Oh, damn. Happy almost birthday. Thanks, yeah. Two days after Christmas. It's a great time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That sucks. That's, uh, my niece's birthday's the 28th, and she's just now starting to figure out, like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> that's, Hi. That's not... Hold on a second. <laughs> Buckle up, kid. For real. I have an uncle who, uh, he's by marriage he's married to one of my aunts who is a, an identical twin and they were born on christmas Ooh. which is just like you can't get a worse lot than that that's the, uh, at that point your your parents have to like start celebrating half birthdays or something just to like for real. give you yeah, to, something mm-hmm. as a kid yeah totally i'm pretty sure that my uncle does still as an adult celebrate his half birthday as opposed to doing it on christmas mm-hmm. it's like that sucks <laughs> Well, and like as a as a December baby, like you're never in school during your birthday, mm-hmm. so like the, yeah. you you never get that like friends party or cupcakes at school. Like that was never a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at best, there's like a thing where everybody celebrates the December birthdays all at once, just so that you know you can get it in before the mm-hmm. breaks. Which, like, in the grand scope of of terrible things to happen to you as a kid, is pretty minimal. But it's still right. like. I it still sucks. don't give a shit about my birthday for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel that way. Like I, I'm June 19th, and so I had kind of the same thing where I was always on summer vacation on my actual birthday. But because of where it falls in the calendar, my half birthday was always during our winter break. And so the way that a lot of people did it is they would just do your half birthday. And so I got the double side of like, well, I guess no one will ever celebrate my birthday then. Yep. And like I, I forget about my birthday all the time. I, I this last year I got to June 18th and people were like what are you doing for your birthday and I was like oh shit and you were like my what oh <laughs> especially during quarantine where it was like nothing I guess I'm gonna go on a bike ride I guess one thing on what you guys were talking about while I was having my your headphone problems I love birthdays I don't think I think I'm like the only one out of our friends who really loves birthdays when Stella does loves your birthday fall in the year yeah uh, February 20th. So you were always in school so. on your birthday. <laughs> yes. That's why you like birthdays. Because <laughs> that's what started that conversation is like, I was born two days after Christmas. So like, mm-hmm. unless there's a new Lord of the Rings movie coming out, I don't know what to do with a birthday. Uh, that was the only tradition we ever had. Uh, and she was born during summer break. So. Yep. <sighs> Alas. Yeah, but <laughs> at least your birthday was in the summer. Like, I have to deal with, like, snow true. during my birthday. That's true. I like that mine's, like, 
almost six months apart because then I get like celebrations on both sides of the year. But at the same time, like uh, mm-hmm. like I was telling Ansel, as an adult, like I don't give a shit about my birthday. <laughs> I just forget about it all the time. <laughs> now I'm in my thirties. I'm like, what am I waiting for? Literally forty and then fifty, and like, who gives a shit other than that? If it's not divisible by five, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who cares? Maybe I'm just vain. I mean, it's. <laughs> I, I think birthdays are great in concept. Like it's a it's an opportunity to like have a celebration that is not tied to a specific like season or uh, mm-hmm. you know universal event. It is it is a celebration that you get to have with your friends, uh, and any opportunity to have a celebration with with a, a friend group is is worthy. I think it's a great idea. I also love planning a party. Like I remember in college. Like we'd make a whole weekend out of it, like have like a have like a themed party in our apartment, then go to a concert and then go to a bar or something. Uh, I remember I convinced my roommates to throw an 80s party. That was a great time. Mm. Sounds great. Remember theme parties? I was going to say, I fucking loved theme parties. I lived in a weird college uh like theater commune house so we had theme parties like once a month my favorite one that i (laughs) my favorite thing that the house had i was not at this party because i had already moved to chicago but they had a geriatric themed party and everyone dressed up as old people and came to the party and so there's just hilarious photos of people dressed as very old people playing like beer pong and like playing drinking games and shit it's very funny those, those are my favorite kinds of themes. My fraternity used to host the Anything But Clothes party. Um, oh, I love those. We did a couple a of those too. Yep. Uh, we had to uh, we had to shut that down my sophomore year. <laughs> I'm not shocked. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine a school funded place being like, yeah, that's cool. But like as a theater company where we were like, okay, everyone after the theater party, we're all going to go to somebody else's house and like change into these other clothes clothes wink wink mm-hmm. i made a dress out of ties one year i put Ooh. a lot of work into it <laughs> it was very cool i was really proud of it i don't even know where it is now <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty dope i remember our valentine's day party one year uh we had an ice luge and i wore a white suit jacket to a party with lots of red drinks Oh, like an a, idiot. That's a really dumb idea. <laughs> Unless you want your d- white suit jacket to become stained with red. In which case, yeah. great idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> it looked like I murdered someone at the end of the night. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking sure. It's like a just uh, movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time for State Patty's Day, uh, my friend had a pro wrestling party and I showed up as Sting. Yeah. That was fun. Fuck yeah. That's a uh, good theme. My face paint was just all over the place by the end of the night. One of my uh, favorite party themes, um, sort of in the same vein as anything but clothes, uh, we had, a, for my going away party, we had a, uh, we called it a Rubik's Cube party. So you had to wear, each piece of clothing had to be a solid color, and you were supposed to come in as many different pieces of solid colored clothing as possible. And the, it, the idea was at the end of the night, everyone should be wearing a solid colored outfit. And so you had to like exchange shirts and like pants and stuff. And so like, as people got more and more drunk throughout the night, it was like, Oh, I'll take those earrings. And and you give me that hat over there. And like, I think I got all of my clothes done in yellow. And I had a friend, Matt, who did an outfit of every single color. That was, that was his goal by the end of the night was that he wanted to be able to hit every single one of the Rubik's cube colors. And he did it too. Wow, It's a, it's a, 
it's a fun theme, but it's something that you have to be playing with people you're really comfortable with in order yeah. to be like, give me your pants. <laughs> and you also have to like come to the party prepared. Like I, I wore a pair of pants that had like a big drawstring on them. Cause I was like, I know I'm going to have to be exchanging these with people who like our clothes don't fit the same. And so it makes you think about the like ways that you can be inclusive of everyone at the party, even before you get there too. Yeah. It's just a really fun theme. Oh Again, not God. something I would probably ever do now as like a thirty-year-old, but as like a twenty-year-old, it was a it was a super fun theme. <laughs> Love a That's party, a great theme. college party. Yeah, yeah, it right, is. yeah. It was super fun. Oh man, I went to one at 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 the University of Penn, uh, and it was like a a high school party. Uh, and the idea was that you came dressed as your high school self. I've been to parties like that before too. Those are fun. Yeah. Luckily, you know, I basically still wore the same thing that I wore in high school, so <laughs> <laughs> Great I just had to change the band shirts, you know. <laughs> uh we had a uh, a come as someone else party once where we had to dress as pe we dressed as other people from within our friend group younger because we'd all known each other for so long at that time and one of my friends came as me as a 19 year old and she wore this big floppy hat and like wore <laughs> a huge blonde wig and like borrowed my clothes from people who had borrowed clothes from me and so she came in my actual clothing it was great <laughs> uh, it was a it's a fun fun theme i remember stella nick's halloween party the first time that like i went to any function with our group of friends uh and like three people came dressed as Stella. Yes, it was, mm -hmm. it was Bobby, Helena, and Taryn. I guess I think Taryn did. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Hilarious. Just very easy to dress as. It's. I mean, you just pick a look, and you're like aesthetic. That's <laughs> 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 true. I can say that. I can say that. I've known her for 14 years. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right well all right yeah. should we try this again <laughs> let's try this again okay <laughs> my boss yeah. keeps calling it we were i was in a training seminar uh last week and someone kept referring to it as zoom applause and i was like it's just asl applause that's all it's, you can just call it sign applause that's fine <laughs> but they just kept referring to it as zoom applause and i was like whatever <laughs> say whatever you want i guess uh, that feels a little appropriative. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was, I was gonna like, say. That's hmm, okay. If it hadn't been a meeting of like several hundred people, I might have said something. But I was like, not worth it. It's not <laughs> worth me interrupting the CEO of my company to correct this. Oh, you had a Zoom call with uh, Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> How dare you? I'm sorry. Grimace does all the work. Ronald's like the <laughs> so figurehead. For real, after Mary McCheese was forced to resign. <laughs> after the scandal. H.I.R. Puffin stuff came for his ass, and Mary McCheese was like, peace out forever, I guess. I think H.R. Puffin stuff needs to run the human resources department. It so. would probably be better. <laughs> uh, there is a line in we're talking about days of future past so, hello congratulations everybody uh there's a line in days of future past where uh when uh, wolverine starts to get displaced in time and he's like where the fuck am i what's happening and professor x goes you're on acid someone gave you really bad acid and there's just this moment where he stops like 
oh, am I on acid? (laughs) (laughs) I I really connected with that moment, and it was like, oh, that's right, this is a pretty good movie. (laughs) That moment in particular, I was like, well, that's realistic in a way that I'm uncomfortable that I know. (laughs) That moment just describes our show pretty much. You know. Oh my gosh. There you go. <laughs> it's me going, what's happening? What's happening? Aaron, you're just on acid. Oh, that, that tracks. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. That, that, okay. Uh, let, let's try introducing the episode. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> Congratulations, Ansel. I know, right? <laughs> you got this shit show to cut together now. <laughs> Future me. Yay! Or past you? Uh, no. Uh, huh? Oh, God. I think that looked good. All right, cool. cool. Yay! Yeah. Doing the thing. Doing, Doing the, the thing. thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so fuck the government. Yeah. That's a good place to start. Right? Welcome to Time to Party. Oh, fuck man. the government! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's that off-brand for me, to be honest. That's very true. No. That's no. That's Aaron's whole brand. That's right. Yeah. Magneto was right. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want anything to do with you, really. Oh, no lies. I mean, there is no lie there. Nope. Nope, no. sir. All right. You ready, Ben? Cheerleading is a very specific set of training. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of crossover, more than you would expect, probably. Maybe not. Cheerleading is so wh- fucking weird. <laughs> anyway, not talking about Bring It On Again. <laughs> Our favorite thing. We'll to have do. to do a special episode for Bring It On. I know, right? Like, this has nothing to do with time travel except for us time traveling in our own nostalgia. <laughs> Maybe that's the angle. We watch the movie that doesn't have time travel in it, and we try to figure out where time travel might be in it. Ooh, okay. Like I'm... conspiracy theorists. Oh, I'm into that. I like it. <laughs> the only reason he knows that in this scene must be time travel. <laughs> The only way Sparky Koplaski could have gotten to all of these coasts up and down the California coast is time travel, obviously. Yes, like, obviously. Duh. This is just like facts. Makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's our April episode, April Fools. I like it. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> I really like that. Actually. <laughs> it's very. <laughs> You're going to open and be like, what? I'm here for it. <laughs> Don't worry. It's, everything's fine. Yeah, you it's know. Your favorite movie. World's just falling apart, and uh, we're doing whatever the hell we want here at Time to Party. <laughs> it's time for cheerleading. Nope. <laughs> Nothing means anything anymore. Uh, all right. Ben, what movie are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the 24 teen marvel mutant uh extravaganza movie <laughs> I, I was thought, i thought you were gonna use some kind of pejorative term like absolute garbage fire <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we're talking about x-men days of future past um we sure are we yes, sure are talking we about are. this movie <laughs> <laughs> first and foremost do you like this movie did you like this movie going in how did you feel? It just as like a quick wrap up. This isn't the segment where we normally talk about that, but we should get it out of the way. Do you like this movie? Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> I liked this movie when I saw it in theaters. 
And we'll get into this in episode two where we talk more review, but I didn't remember a lot of this movie. There were definitely things that I was like, I thought I liked this movie a lot more. And then there were other parts where I was like, oh, this is much better than I was expecting. So I got, I'm in kind of like a middle cross area about it. And Other clarifying question before we really get into it. Okay. Do you read the X-Men comics? Uh, this is I, probably a thing we should get out up front. Sure. Uh, I have. I'm not currently caught up. Okay. Um, but I have been known to dabble in some X-Men. I'm normally okay. an Avengers guy. But, okay. uh, you know, I, I jump around to different super teams. All right, cool. So did had you read the comic book that this was based on? Yes. Um, okay. I'm fairly sure that I read it pretty early on in my comic book fandom. If I'm not mistaken, there was an X-Men, the animated series episode about Days of Future Past. So I probably watched it there first and then read it. So I, I had been familiar with the story. Okay. I am not an X-Men person. <laughs> I I love the X-Men. I think the movies are super fun. I've read a couple of the series. Like I read um, Astonishing X-Men, I believe. Uh, the Joss Whedon like, one? I think so, yeah. It was like 2012 that I read them. Um, I really like the X-Men, but I, like many people, find them to be... It, it's like a giant wall. It, there's just so much information. It feels inaccessible a lot of times. And like... Sure. I've tried a lot of times to, like, here's a little crack I can, like, fit inside of. And every time I'm like, but I don't understand the continuity of this, or I'm confused about how these characters are connected. And so I think that's part of why I liked this movie so much the first time I saw it, because I was unaware of, I mean, I knew, because I'm, like, a online person and was aware of the discourse or whatever, but, like... I don't personally know exactly how much they fucked this story up from the comic book. And like, I just fully accepted that Wolverine was the person who was in this story. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that kind of like tainted the way that I saw this movie where I know a lot of people can't deal with it (laughs) because it's supposed to be Jubilee, right? Uh, Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I know that's a, a sore subject for some people. So anyone who's listening to this, like, that's not a problem for me. So sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I'm, well, I am I just like this movie. <laughs> the sorest subject of all for me is that they basically cut Jubilee out of the X-Men movies both times they tried to put her in, which mm-hmm. is very annoying because the second time she was played by Lana Condor, who is great. Um, she's in those, uh, Netflix movies, uh, to all the boys I've loved. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. She's very good. Books. She's funny. I like her a lot. Plus the second time they tried to do Jubilee, it was set in the eighties and like Jubilee is like the perfect, like eighties mall kid. Ugh. Yeah. I don't really even know a lot about Jubilee, but I know what her aesthetic is. And like, yeah. That seems pretty obvious. <laughs> I think the problem is that nobody really ever understood what Jubilee's powers were supposed to do in a cinematic way. Yep. So they just never made it into the movie in a clear manner. Yeah. But then again, all of the X-Men movies, or well, the X-Men movie franchise as a whole uh, has its ups and downs, to say the least. Um, I think Emphatically that's... nodding. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm pretty sure the reason why I liked days of future past so much is because uh you know it's the bar was really low like super super <laughs> low so to have exceeded my expectations was 
very easy to do. <laughs> did you like First Class? I also saw that in theaters. I did like First Class. I um, also liked First Class. The biggest thing that annoyed me was that Havoc uh, ended up being older than Cyclops. Because yeah. they don't care about, you know, character stuff, I guess. But it was a fun yeah. enough movie. We'll get into some of that in episode two, but there were a couple of times where I'm like, I barely know anything about this continuity, and I know some of this stuff is not, this doesn't make any sense. So we'll yes. we'll get into some of that. I, I wrote some things down that I was like, ask Ben about X, because you will probably know the answers to these questions. Is one of your drinking rules every time you question the timeline? <sighs> Do you want to die? <laughs> uh I actually don't remember. Let me read through my list real quick. Sorry, this <laughs> behind-the-scenes moment. It's okay. We'll edit this part out. All right. Good, good, good. Congratulations, episode four. <laughs> well, before the record, uh, Ansel, you don't like this movie, right? I mean, of the movies that came out in the 2010s, this is the best one. Yes. X-Men First Class I liked a lot. We're in agreement. It was very cool, but they made a lot of unnecessary mistakes. Yeah. Like... Could you not Google your own fucking movie? <laughs> yes. So right. X-Men First Class did a lot of cool things that I liked, but it made enough mistakes that I ended up on the negative end of things, I think. I'll still watch it, don't get me wrong. Whereas Days of Future Past almost felt like them realizing that they fucked up their own continuity and wanting to fix it. You know, JK, don't worry about continuity because time travel. And then they made Apocalypse and then I was like, oh, never mind. You don't have any kind of clue what you're doing. Uh, yeah, Days of Future no, Past did don't. feel like that a bunch of times where it was like oh this is this is only so you can just fuck up this continuity like that that felt even as someone who's like not really even familiar with the story it's just like what the fuck is happening oh god and then don't even get me started on x-men dark phoenix because oh boy have not watched it will not watch it it's insane to me how they got two chances to do dark phoenix two shots two and they fucked it up both times. Ugh. And my wife loves that storyline. She is a big classic X-Men fan. She hasn't been reading the comics since the 90s, I think, but she was super in for the Dark Phoenix stuff. So the double failure makes it very difficult to find times to watch X-Men yeah. movies in this house. <laughs> Hard no. Get him out of here. <laughs> I remember the... I remember the epic arc that the Dark Phoenix had on X-Men the Animated Series. I remember that. So just I watched see... a lot of X-Men Animated Series as a kid, so I feel like most of my X-Men knowledge is actually probably from the Animated Series. It's interesting for me because I was reading Captain Britain, and they're just tangentially related enough to the X-Men that Captain Britain got involved. That's how widespread it was in the comics. That's wild. But oh. even my tangential understanding of it from the comics made me annoyed at how they mishandled it in the movies. Thankfully, we're Why not talking we? about that movie. <laughs> Thank goodness there's no time travel in that one. We just pretend like, no, 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 they, that wasn't time travel, but they got in a machine. No, 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 you're mistaken. You're mistaken. <laughs> Alternate universe, completely different thing. Nope, 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 not interested. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's an allegory. It didn't happen. Doesn't count. I wanted to read a uh, a couple of tweets because I want to hear Aaron's thoughts on oh, these gosh. out loud instead of on Twitter. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, 
People dismissing comic book movies as kiddie shit and completely failing to realize superhero movies are essentially a collective American mythology and the closest thing <laughs> to a shared lore we have. Eastern European folk tales and Nordic mythology were largely kiddie shit too. Yes, I know Paul Bunyan, Johnny Appleseed, other tall tales, they exist. But I said collective and shared. Ask your average person in America to tell you the story of Paul Bunyan or the story of Spider-Man and see which one they know. See which one they've even heard of. First of all, fuck you for asking me about this. <laughs> it's just it's just so funny that this came up when we were about to talk about a superhero movie that I like know. it lined up so well. So I know, I was thinking about this as well. Yeah, so just for context, um uh Alicia Garuso, um, who has written for a ton of different websites, um, you know, she's run a couple sites as an editor, but she's you know, an entertainment journalist. Um, she she's actually really great. I I've met her uh, a few times. I know her. Uh, she's an awesome person. Um, but uh, she recently tweeted th- those thoughts. I don't remember in reference to what. I think it might have been because of people hating on uh all the Disney announcements that just came yeah, out. I feel like everyone's flipping a shit about superhero movies every other day. Every yes. other day on Twitter at this right. point. So. Correct. I don't even know context is needed. Just someone wants to complain about how other people feel about superhero movies. Right. Um, Evergreen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, when when Alicia tweeted those, I saw you respond. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, first of all, it's it, it it is just wildly offensive to call Eastern European mythology and Nordic religion kitty shit like that's not true it's just a fundamental misunderstanding of how mythology and folklore culture fundamentally works so it's like upsetting to hear them like shoved in together and also like it is ridiculous to say that these comic book properties which are owned by conglomerates and by industries are common shared mythology like if the thing that makes something a common shared mythology is that anyone can take it and make that story part of their own story or tell that in their own way like i can't make a wolverine movie and put it out and not get sued into oblivion like that that automatically disqualifies that as shared common mythology like and the idea that more this is what i tweeted and i fucking totally stand by this the idea that more people know what fucking pepper pots is than know what bigfoot is is just absolutely ridiculous like i if you stopped a random person literally anywhere in the country and asked them do you know what bigfoot is they would be like yeah i know what bigfoot is like it's a that is a common shared mythology in america like i could ask any of my three sisters, do you know who Pepper Potts is? And they would say no, and they would probably think she was an animated cartoon pig. Like, it, it's... And if you think superhero stories, like, that's the whole idea, right? Like, she is linked to Iron Man. That's, like, when you think Iron Man, you should be thinking of her, because that's, like, part of his mythology. Like, people can't even name her. And I saw other people saying, like, the idea that someone knows who Jean Grey is over Paul Bunyan, like, is maybe regional specific, but also, like, is ridiculous like i think a huge part of this is that we as americans do a really really bad job of doing like cultural literacy as americans because our real american myth is the american dream and manifest destiny like those are our shared mythologies that's actually what american mythology is because that shit's not real but we all believe it and we all talk about it like it is and we all have our own like this is my piece of the american dream and this is my manifest destiny like 
that's what actual cultural mythology sure. is. Yes. And so to see that compared to the X-Men or Spider-Man is, it's upsetting in a way that like I, as somebody who went to college and studied popular culture and that kind of, and like literature, especially inside of popular culture, it just, it makes me sad. It's, I understand that people love superheroes and that they feel this very deep connection to them, but it there's also like this very real element that it is government controlled. Like these companies answer to the government, like the Air Force gets to watch all of the Captain American movies before we do so that they can say, put this extra shit in to encourage people to join the Air Force. Like that's real. That happens. And like you can't have the control of conglomerates and companies and the government behind these stories and then call them shared American culture. Like that's just, it's ignorant and it's like upsetting from someone who should really know better that it's, that that's not what is actually happening. There was a lot of blowback to what you said too. So I know I'm not the only one who was like baffled and frustrated by that. Um, I will say (laughs) that I'm, the way that she worded it and presented this argument isn't the best, but right. the one thing that I took away from it was that um, there are a lot of people who look down on comic books and comic book culture as, as Alicia said, kitty shit. You know, like they, they, um, they say they talk about that stuff in a, uh, as it's like in, in a derogatory manner, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they devalue uh what these superhero and comic book stories give to pop culture give to our country you know like it's like uh spider-man is a really important part of popular culture because like there's a lot of different things that you can learn from spider-man anyone can be a hero with great power also comes great responsibility like uh, a ton of stuff you know and it really boils down to let people enjoy things and don't like come down on people for being excited about the things that they love finally you know gaining traction with other people like when i was a kid i wanted nothing more than to see other asian people in star wars or in my in my comics you know it, I wanted an Asian Spider-Man, right? And now we have Silk, and she's a badass when written by the right person. And I'm sure she's going to show up on screen eventually, too. But, like, and then to see, uh, you know, Chirrut and Baze in Rogue One in Star Wars. Like, these are big moments. And these pop culture figures um, that stemmed from comic books or fantasy or kitty shit like really mean stuff to people so just because it's not something that's meaningful to you doesn't mean that you should shit on it and i think that's what i was taking away from what alicia was saying although the stuff that you and a lot of people online were saying also definitely applies because those tall tales are definitely part of american culture too and people know about it like they talk about it in school like yeah, sure exactly. I, I know more there's not a multi-billion dollar advertising campaign behind them absolutely right yeah yeah like i know about johnny appleseed do i know as much about johnny appleseed as i do about spider-man no but i still know who 
Johnny Appleseed right. is. I think that's also a really important distinction to make in America yeah. as a highly fractured, regionalized place. Mm-hmm. You may not know much about Johnny Appleseed, but I bet you know about the Jersey Devil. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was just going to say that same thing. Like, just the idea of cryptids in general, like, that is American mythology, because it's very regional and can be very hyper-specific. I wonder if conspiracy is the true American shared mythology. Dude, you might be right, because I feel like that that's a really great example of people taking like kind of generalized knowledge and like splintering it and it like almost oozes out and becomes like tangential but still very similar like that's a that's mythology like that's oral tradition is that kind of like change that happens right. and i feel like you, you've really nailed it with that that the conspiracy theories like have that same kind of like um i don't like spindling effect that they like build out and turn into these like bigger webs as they get bigger yeah i think Yes. And not trusting the government is foundational to the origins of our country. We are born of revolution, and that's all we have as a personal identity. It's like that and a bunch of religious persecution in the name of religious freedom. I like how this this went full circle to fuck the government. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We know what's up. That's the deal. (laughs) Fuck the government. (laughs) Uh, I also feel, I just wanted to add to, as like a quick pin to what you were saying ben about the the idea of it being kitty shit too i honestly feel that part of this bigger problem with the way that people view comic books and that kind of uh, like i think wrestling is included in this mm-hmm. too and star wars that they are made for children like that mm-hmm. but that's the whole deal like they are made for children that's what the marketing campaigns are for like that's why they tell these very like generalized like simple moral stories and why they try to hook you with like things that you can then get a thing for like you can like with captain america like i want this thing i want to be able to fly a plane i can either buy a plane toy or a real plane and like go into the military and like those push you towards that and like that's the I, the entire idea of the marketing and again it's aimed at children yeah. <laughs> and i think that's fine like i think that that's the bigger problem a lot of time maybe not bigger but i think a, um an adjacent problem is that there are some adults who just like cannot be told that this stuff is made for children they're like because it means a great deal to me and who i am foundationally as an adult that means it must be an adult product and like that's not true and that's okay that that's not true so i feel like there needs to be a little bit of both it needs to be it's okay for adults to enjoy things that are meant for quote unquote or marketed primarily towards children that's fine and it's also okay for things that are marketed towards children to be treated with respect and not just as like because it's made for kids that means it must be garbage like it's clearly not true and like lots of things have come out of made and marketed for children like fucking bill nye is that way bill nye the science guy is for middle schoolers (laughs) but like we as adults still love him and understand like oh you're really great at science communication and that's a thing that i'm into as an adult and i can appreciate and like no one looks at that and is like it's kitty shit we should just throw it away like i think it's a it's a both sides thing people need to accept that just because things are marketed for children that doesn't make them bad and also because i like a thing that doesn't mean that it's an adult product right i think bill nye is also a really good example because Bill Nye is he's an example of something that was important to a child that has a long reaching effect on the adult and the fact that Bill Nye can come back on the internet now and say hey remember when I was explaining photosynthesis to you well 
maybe grow the fuck up. The planet's on fire. Yes, yes, totally. And like, I think that it's, I think that that's a huge part of why Captain America has been so uh, upsettingly good at at recruiting people into the military industrial complexes because people remember it from being a kid and they're like, I'm really into this idea of like serving and fighting your country and I got to like play with these action figures and it made me feel super important. And then they transition that up so that they're aware that the people who are watching that who are adults still have that nostalgia. And so they pull at that with that, like, military propaganda to encourage people to enlist. And, like, on one hand, do we need a military? Yes. (laughs) Do we need it to be the way it is in America? No. And, like, it's weird because, like, I understand the pull of we need to attract people into this kind of life. But also we're telling them a really dangerous story to, like, bring them in by playing on their nostalgia as adults. It's it's a very interesting both sides coin of I think it's really great with stuff like Bill Nye where I find it really dangerous with stuff like government and military propaganda. Once again, back to fuck the government. (laughs) Yes. Uh, the one thing about Captain America, though, is that a lot of the times when they're using him for propaganda, they forget that the foundational piece of Captain America is that he fights for what's right, not for what the country is. He fights for what the ideal country could be. Two out of three Captain America movies are him fighting the government. Right, exactly. Right. And I think that that's also, a to her point about uh, them superheroes being like a shared thing we all understand i think captain america is a perfect example of how that's absolutely not true where some people see him and are like he fights for what is right and he fights the government a lot of times and he is holding up a moral standard and other people see him as just captain america he stands for america he wears an american flag he fights for the american government like people see the same character in two wildly different ways Mm -hmm. depending on what your already internalized biases are and like that's not what happens with shared american mythology like people don't look at bigfoot and some of them are like he's a scientist trapped in the woods and we've got to like really respect his space and other people are like we should kill him like most people are like what the fuck is happening here like that's that's why it's shared is because there's like a shared reaction to it yeah it also happens to the punisher a lot because a number of people particularly um you know in the police force will adapt the punisher as as a role model and then you know, you have the Punisher himself saying, if you were doing your job, then I wouldn't exist. Like, right, yes. <laughs> it's, yes. The, the Punisher is such a great example of mm-hmm. that. It's uh, it's easy to miss the point, as it turns out. Yeah, right? Totally. It's, it's funny. <laughs> this is this is definitely a tangent, but this is a um, a thing that my husband and I write exactly. That's what the bonus episode, episode is for. We're talking <laughs> about comedy for a second. <laughs> That's something that uh, my husband and I have been talking about a lot recently is we watched a really good video with Theo Vaughn and uh, Jim Jeffries where they both were like, we don't understand feminism and it freaks us out because we tell a bunch of jokes that we thought people understood were with like a wink and a nod. And then we realized people were laughing at for the wrong reasons and were assuming Mm. that we were also misogynist. And so they like, they go to this like feminist meetup group with Whitney Cummings and like, then go to like a women's poetry reading and like have a very honest conversation later about how they feel about this and they along with bill burr has been saying the same thing recently of i realized that people didn't weren't in on the joke they thought that the joke was just flat and that it wasn't like also a wink and a nod and having to like reassert that and like reapproach that and understanding that people are 
interpreting what you're saying in different ways, like how that changes who you are as a comedian and how it becomes very difficult to like, I want to tell these jokes because I think they're funny, but you need to understand that I'm not actually a racist, homophobic bigot. It's that I'm participating in this in like a, uh, punch from below kind of way but people think it's punching down like it's i think that's a thing that happens in comedy i think that that's a thing that happens across like all kinds of comic book characters i think that's a thing that happens with lots of different kinds of america specifically american mm-hmm. pop culture that we make things vague enough so that they are palatable to lots of different kinds of people without really sticking to our guns about like actually <laughs> this is the right way to interpret this and this is that it's it's that same like artist intent battle it does the artist intent matter once it's commercially available is it actually the consumer who decides what your intent is and the answer is no <laughs> like the artist intent is really important and if people don't understand what the intent is that's like a failing on the artist part as well in my personal opinion i know it's not always up to the artist in that way that things become commercially available but that's i think a huge part of it if your intent isn't clear and you're unwilling to stand by your intent anyone can interpret it any way that they want and like that gets very dangerous very quickly again especially in america (laughs) yes it is definitely important yeah i've had many death of the author conversations recently yeah uh, yep. And I also understand as someone who like reads authors who are shitty, sometimes you just want to be like, I have to separate this because I love this piece of media, but you have to do it consciously. You yes. have to understand that you're reading it in a way that is not how the author intended and like you are now putting your own personal spin on it and can't assume other people will feel that way about that media because they very rightly may listen to what the author actually said and be like, not for me. Right. Uh <sighs> man <laughs> it's too bad school's shitty <laughs> if only the there was some kind of system where education could have like a multi-billion dollar like mm-hmm. funder of some it's kind. too bad that people don't mm-hmm. learn about essays mm-hmm. in school uh, anymore. i don't think that exists I don't think <sighs> that must be utopia <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something from a comic book Good lord. We should just require, this is like an actual thing I've believed for years, I think that every American student should be required to take a class on propaganda. We used to teach it in schools as like part of social studies, and it should be its own class, media literacy and propaganda. Like, we should just straight up be teaching that to actual children. Like, my nieces are like five, and they should start learning that now, so that by the time they are teenagers and our their brains are forming mm-hmm. they know how to make those mm-hmm. decisions hey if we do put that together we should make sure they get rhetoric as well that way they understand the way they're being fed things yes definitely yeah logic and rhetoric as well <laughs> you know kind of on a related note you know <sighs> spot the fallacy kids <laughs> cool so oh man uh anyway <laughs> Find us on the internet. Use the hashtag time to party. That's the number two. You can find us on the internet. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at vsilverio20. And I'm at nytergency on Instagram. I'm at indecisionist on Twitter and at theindecisionist on Instagram. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longit of Marlon and the Shakes for our awesome theme song. Yeah, join us next time. Time travel, crazy stuff. Woo! <laughs> Woo, animated hands. <laughs> Uh, all right all right until next time be excellent to each other and party on dudes here guitar